I was definitely the parent for many, many years. The second that she could hand that job over to me, she did. Vicky, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. Don't tell, don't tell. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. Welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother, where your favorite humans for movies, TV, music, sports, comedy, tell a true story they'd never want their moms to know. And then sometimes they tell their moms. I am here with my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Nikki. How you doing? I'm good. First of all, I'm so excited about today's episode. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is until you tell me about the dating life. Okay, the dating life, it's like a sine wave, you know, kind of goes like this. Like a sign, like an up and down. Right, okay. If you don't take it too seriously, it's fine. Okay. With a couple of guys, I was acting a little desperate. How were you acting desperate? In what way? Well, at the end of the date, he didn't say he wanted to see me. So the next day, I kept on texting him and texting him and texting him and just saying all kinds of things. Cause I, and what I didn't realize is I sounded totally desperate. I mean, we had one date and one week of talking on, on text. But I'm going to tell you, quite honestly, that that one week of talking involved sexting. Mom! Oh, just let me be your guide in this situation. No sexting. No sexting. Mom, we have Melissa Rivers today. Get out of here. Yes, icon, author, daughter of icon, Joan Rivers. And she has an awesome new podcast out on all platforms called Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast, where she talks about all the famous friends she has and what they're texting about. I mean, Melissa to me is like the definition of someone who somehow figured out how to build a career with their mom. Sometimes I can barely stand you and I love you. I love you. But sometimes you want to kill me and I want to kill you. You know that's true. I do. (laughs) When I think of iconic mother-daughter duos, her and Joan were the first people that I thought of. You don't think of us, huh? Mom, I always think of you. That's why I have you on here. Well, I'm so excited. I love you, Mom. I love you so much. Here is me and Melissa right after this. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't. 
Hey, Melissa. Hi. You look adorable this morning. So cute. Oh, thank you. Not feeling it this morning, but thank you. I could tell you're not feeling it. Not feeling it. Long weekend. Okay. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Do you want to tell me a little about the weekend? Oh. oh, just, it was one of the, everyone's like, how was your weekend? I'm like, there were moments that were really up and great. And there were moments that were horribly down. Okay. Just, it was, it was one of those roller coaster weekends where I went from like having a great time to have, to wanting to murder somebody. I burst into tears at a dinner on Saturday night. Was it good food anyway? It was great food. Okay. Wh- where'd you go? Musso and Frank. And okay. my, my friends were pushing me too hard on a particular topic and I answered and answered and answered and finally I'm like you guys okay. don't get it and I'm like Bleh! but it was good I still have, I missed it. through my tears I managed to eat eat the cheesy garlic bread and the cream spinach so it wasn't a total loss Melissa let me say something cream spinach from a fucking can is uh, is high on my list so cream spinach <laughs> and Musso and Frank yeah I think that makes up for tears exactly Melissa what is your love language do you know I'm super curious. Don't be an asshole. Oh, that's pretty clear. That's a language we can all speak. Yeah. I haven't been in a healthy relationship in so long. I don't even know. Are you affectionate? Because I remember, I know reading your mom's family was not affectionate. But my mother was very affectionate. Okay. Okay. Um, I am with my son. Yeah. And he would rather have anyone in the world touching him or kissing him than me. Yeah. So I'm getting, yes. so I'm getting punished. Um, if I, I was with you, I, I would be giving you a big oh, hug think, right I now. I think it's generosity. Okay, so maybe acts of service or uh, and and, ki- and kindness without strings. There shouldn't be a, a scorecard, but don't make me don't push me into a position where it feels like there's a scorecard either direction. Mm-hmm. And it's consistency. Ooh, consistency Ooh, yes. is. I get very insecure. So consistency is a big, big deal for me. Consistency is huge because yeah. otherwise to me, it's it's actually scary. Uh, well, that's abandonment. Are you, do you have insecure attachment also? Oh, Anxious attachment my disorder? God. Oh my me God. Too. Oh my God. If you're, first of all, if I don't hear from you, number one, you're dead or you hate me. And I've why done are, something wrong. Why are we like this, Melissa? I'm, I'm being very serious because why? Why are we like this? This is not good. No, I think it's genetic. It is. I blame my mother. I blame your mother. (laughs) I know many people, maybe most people, see your career as being, you know, inextricably tied to your mother's. But I want to say that you've been a successful producer in your own right for a very long time. And I'm still trying to be and still am. And I'm a writer and... um... And a podcaster. And a podcaster and a content creator and... And an author. And an author and I'm a gun for hire for my hosting gigs and, you know, kind of kind of just moving forward. But thank you. Yes, I, I love producing. I feel like you produced a hundred episodes of Fashion Police and, and Red Carpet. You did both, but I yes. mean... I produced a lot of stuff. And it's hard because I don't get credit for it. What do you mean you don't get credit? People just don't give me credit for it, nor any of my hosting stuff with or without my mom or anything. It's like you said, we're inextricably linked. And that's one of the tough things is people are just like, yeah, 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 you did all this. I'm like, no, 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 I did. Why do you think that is? Um, You know, my mom's an icon. 
And because we worked together, people forget I had a whole career before we started working together from CBS Morning News to MTV to shooting two different talk show pilots to it coming down to me and Ricky Lake for the what became the Ricky Lake show. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. People tend to forget that when I started at E, it was just a job that they're like, do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Sure, I'll give it a try. So I think everyone everyone erases, you know, my abilities or and, and my ability to do anything because of the endless, you know, iconography, iconic, whatever, the endless, you know, shadow of my mother. But that's fine, you know? I mean, it's not fine, but it's, what am I going to do? So I'll tell you, so... My mom's a teacher. I'm uh-huh. from New York. My mom's a teacher. And I ran so far away from what she did. She's a chemist, by the way, too, but was. But um, I ran so far away from that. Did you did you want to be? Because I didn't want to be like her. I mean, I'm being very honest. Like, I was like, I'm not good at science. I'm not good at the. I wanted to be the. Did you want to be something different? Or did you always want to do show business? Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, my parents' offices were always in our house. I was exposed to everything about our business. It was always considered a family business. My my mother's career re- was referred to as the career. Um, like it was this whole being and this thing that we all worked on. And your dad produced. And my dad produced and ran everything. And yep. I was expected to do my part. So I think, you know, for me, it's really just very, it was the obvious. However, when I went to college for Mm -hmm. a whole 30 seconds, I'm like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take this huge leap and go into, ready for this? Tell me. Advertising. Because that's so different. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Night and day. Really. And I remember distinctly sitting in my room freshman year. Yeah, and at, either at, at UPenn. At UPenn. And I was, uh-huh. I remember a friend of mine and I were watching TV or looking at a back when we actually read magazines and they weren't just... I remember just, that. Um, and then saying about someone, oh my God, I love her. She's so nice. And whatever actress they were talking about, I'm like, oh my God, she is a raging bitch. Who is it? You I don't know. even remember. Okay. <laughs> but, and then it hit me. I'm like, I will never be able to watch TV or go to a movie or go to theater and ever be able to enjoy it as a civilian. Because you know too much. I knew too much. And I know how the sausage gets made. Yep. Don't meet your idols. All yeah. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. at that moment, I realized, oh, I'm fucked. This is all I know. <laughs> so this is where I'm going. I love this question. I don't ask it much, but a therapist asked me this once. Oh, dear. Is there a- are you no, going to char- bill me after this? I'm not going to. No, you're going to bill me. <laughs> okay. Is the the no. Is there a moment in your career where you had that 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 moment of I'm so lucky to do this every single day? I was raised with a huge sense of gratitude. Now I'm saying it in a positive way because uh-huh. the way I learned it was enjoy the moment because it's going to go away. I mean, I had this mantra which was every day I would pull up to my house, every time I'd pull in the garage or whatever, and I would think to myself, remember this moment because I can then say I lived in a house with pretty gates. Who taught you this? A lot of of neuroses in our house. Um, So I'm very, I live it with a real sense of gratitude, but not in like the woo-woo sense. Yeah. 
Um, it, so it, it's interesting. And now the funny thing is the house I'm moving into doesn't have gates. And it's <laughs> the other night I was just like, it's all over. But I've downsized significantly. Because Cooper's away at college? Because Cooper, I he's a rising junior. So next summer will most likely be the last summer he's living at home. Yeah, you're, you seem like you're at a crossroads. By the way, if you lived inside my brain, every day is a crossroads. <laughs> Are you? Let me ask you this. So I was thinking about this last night and I was like, how many, how many mother-daughter working duos are there? And I don't mean exclusively, but I do, but I do mean like, like literally, who are they? It's like the Kardashians. Yeah. Uh, I know okay. Martha Stewart and her daughter work together on the, the business side, not Didn't the TV that. side. Yeah. And then Willow and Jada. Willow a and a little with Red Table Talk. with Red Table Talk. Tracy and Tracy, who's done the show, Tracy and Diana have performed together. But yeah. I don't know if they're doing anything now. How did you like I, most people could barely stand their moms on a good day. And I mean that with love. I don't mean that as an asshole way. Oh, we had those moments. We had those moments. Uh, e called, came to my mom. Yeah. To do their, the, this fledgling thing called, you know, live from the red carpet. And she had a, two different hosts, co-hosts, I think, before me. And then they asked if I would be interested. And my mother, I quote, said, I have no idea. You're going to have to ask her because anything I tell her to do, she'll just say no. So it was obviously... Is that true? Yeah. It was yeah. obviously, it had been a rough day or, you know, <laughs> between us. Because anything I think she should do, she'll just say no. And so then, you know, I'm like, sure, I'll give it a whirl. We'll see how it goes. And then however many years later, we were still in it. Are you glad that you said yes? Of course, I'm glad that I said yes. You are? Yeah. How the hell did you get along? I mean, I'm being really honest. I, how did you do it? Did you oh, treat there each other some like tough, family or like workers? It, there were some very tough, tough, tough moments. And most of them came on Fashion Police when I was just producing. You know, I had a cast that I loved and adored, but it was a little bit like wrangling cats. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. I used to have to take everybody's phones away on set. And how many, no matter how many times I was saying we, not just me, like everybody's like, no phones on set, no phones on set. I was like, oh, I don't have it. I don't have it. And then as soon as we go to a break, everybody would reach behind them and pull them out to the point where our stage manager used to have like a basket and like everybody has to put their phone in the basket. So they got their way around that by everybody's <gasps> assistant running on set every time what? we went to a break. <laughs> Joan would keep her phone? No, my mother's assistant would just charge in. Jesus. It was hilarious. I used to literally lose my mind. And then my mom wouldn't do something or wouldn't want to do something. And we'd get into it. And then we'd get in the car to go home because I usually had to drive her home. Unless she was she's going a terrible right driver, to, right? Well, terrible driver. But also if she wasn't going directly to the airport, she'd go back to my house. She would get in the car and just start chatting. And I would still be like seething and pounding my head into the steering wheel. And she would say, you're just like your father holding a grudge. <gasps> and I'm like, you have tortured me since 6 a.m. <laughs> it's now noon. Oh, Melissa, let's, forget it. It's work. Let's just go. You want to go shopping? You want to have lunch? I need to stop here. She loved going to like, you know. Bed Bath and Beyond. So it was always like, we're really? Stop. Yeah. Did she like, bring a coupon? Did she bring the twenty? She loved off? the coupons, and there was one on the way from the airport to my house, and without fail, she would stop and show up with stuff I didn't need. <laughs> Why do mothers always 
bog us down with shit we don't want. How about I have stacks of placemats? And not like fancy placemats, like random stuff. Ooh, I saw these, whatever they were, these mugs, these glass, you know. And then when my mom sold her Connecticut house, she started sending uh-huh. all that stuff to my house because that way she didn't have to deal with it or sell it or store it. She's like, oh, these will be perfect for your house. And literally I had like boxes. I finally were like, mom, you cannot send any more stuff from anywhere to me. Did all of her stuff end up at your house now? Um, no, I sold a lot of it. Okay. Sold a lot of it. I had the big two day Christie sale. What was the most interesting or? Oh, I don't even know. I don't know. It was weird when I went to see the display before the, uh, the uh, uh, actual auction. It was really weird because it was like all our furniture. Yeah. And it's all so- set up. And I would just walk. I, there were twice I just sat down and you saw the people in charge of the, you know, I'm like, oh, please, it's still my chair. <laughs> sold it this is my shit. It's still my chair. I can sit down on it. But you don't realize it because like you're walking around and it's just like, plunk, you know. Do you remember when you were growing up? Did you have a moment where you're like, oh, my mom is famous. People think my mom is this, but she was just mom. But oh, wow. Well, I think that for me, it really came with the person on stage and on TV was not really the same person that lived in our house. There was such a giant difference between the persona and the actual person. How so? Um, My parents were very, very strict, very traditional upbringing. You know, every night, everybody sat down for dinner. If I was, if my parents were going out, my dinner was brought upstairs to eat with them while they were getting ready. There were expectations. There were chores. There were, you know, very, very traditional childhood. Growing up in L.A., the daughter of a Hollywood icon, a Hollywood star, did you did you feel that growing up? Did you sense that difference? It didn't matter that my parents were famous, except for the fact that, like, we could get a table at a good restaurant or, you know, <laughs> yes. we, we entertained a certain way. But my parents, everything was very, very traditional. My mother really was living out her mother's fancy of what a society lady, you know, on Park Avenue, how they would live. So that's how I was raised. I was raised not in this loosey, goosey, weird way where parents were not always there or everyone was partying or doing like, no, 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 no. I was not allowed to get my ears pierced till I was 13. So your mom was strict. Yeah. And did that clash with who you are? Like who you, I I just think people, we, we come out a certain way, right? Like, is that in your DNA to be more conservative and, or Um, are you more of a wild child? With my son or what was I? Of course I bucked again. Where were you? I was, no. I was, you know, fighting the system, but not in any, you know, horrific ways. But I was definitely, you know, a bit of a rascal, a bit of a troublemaker. Just like I was very normal teen. You sound like you were raised in a very normal family, which is which is fairly shocking. But when you did get into trouble and you pissed Joan off, how would she react? Oh, God. Um, you know, mom always said everybody has their making up patterns. What was your and Joan's pattern of making up? My mom's was always changing the subject. I used to literally hear my mom like creeping up the stairs. And <laughs> I'd be scared, like, probably. Yeah. And I'd be like, I hear you. I hear you. 
And my mom might have to let her, you know, yell it out. And then I would say, I'm sorry. And then I'd walk away and let her cool let, down. Let her yell it out or you yell it out? No, with, when, it was, when I had to deal with when she when she was mad at me or whatever, I'd have to, it had very, like with me, she would like approach with caution afterward. Her, once it was done, it was done. Okay, well, this is a great segue because <laughs> you have a story about a time you got in a little bit of trouble. Melissa, tell me everything. Okay, so this is a story about me actually lying to my mom and getting caught. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't, just don't, just don't. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Two days after I got my license, I got into a car accident. Oh, no. And someone hit me. So it was not, or maybe it was my fault, whatever it was. Anyway, I already totaled our station wagon. What kind of station wagon? It was a Mercedes wagon. Oh, no. And I got totaled it now. Like, you know, obviously it happens. And then, so a couple weeks later, I was driving home from school and I was speeding down Beverly Glen, downhill. Very, very steep, very steep, windy yep. road. Yep. Flying mm-hmm. down it. Yep. And I got pulled over. And I just remember being like, oh, shit. Like, this mm-hmm. is so not good. Mm-hmm. So I got the ticket and I went home and I'm like, shit, I got to deal with this. So I looked at when the court date was and I told my dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, please don't tell mommy. Please don't tell mommy. Please don't tell mommy. So he was furious, but he was like, okay. So Which, why, why couldn't, why your dad, not her? I think I thought my dad was going to be more forgiving. Got you. Got you. Cause Softer. my dad, my dad drove fast. <laughs> so I think there was more of a kinship there. <laughs> We're speed sisters. Yeah, exactly. So it's very often you go to the parent that you think is going to handle it the best. Of course. So I went to my dad and I was like, don't tell mommy. So he's like, okay. So he marks the calendar for when we had to be at traffic court. And I, right as it was approaching, it turned that my mother was looking at my, you know, was at my dad's desk and was and saw the calendar and it said like, MR traffic court. Oh no. And so I came home and I mean, she was waiting at the top of the driveway. She was waiting. So she was pissed at my dad because he didn't tell her. her. She was pissed at me for getting the speeding ticket and trying to work work this work the room and see, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. You just used that comedy metaphor. Yeah. I was working the room on that one. So she was like, not only are you grounded, I'm going to traffic court with you. Oh fuck. So we walk into traffic court. <laughs> juvenile traffic court in Santa Monica. And we walk in and they go, how do you plead? And I had gotten this wild idea that I was going to say guilty with explanation. Is that an actual way to plead? I have no idea. Okay. And before I could even open my mouth, 
my mother says, she's guilty and she needs to go to traffic school. <gasps> I'm like, oh my God. Did, <laughs> did the judge, was there any commotion that Joan Rivers was A, in traffic, juvenile traffic court, but like B, yeah, oh, yeah. just like there? I was, I was like trying to disappear. So I'm just like trying to like this. And before I can even open my mouth, she oh, booms out. She's guilty and needs to go to traffic school. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> did, you, did you actually have to go to traffic school? Oh, yeah. And the nice thing was when I got there, and remember when you're a juvenile, you, they didn't have online traffic school. They didn't, you had to actually go and sit in the room and it was however many you know hours, whatever. I actually knew two other people in there with me, so it wasn't so bad. <laughs> Wait, did you and your, you have, because you guys are the fashion queens. Did you two dress for this traffic court appearance? Oh, no, I like, think I was still in my school uniform oh, and she was in, you know, pants and a blazer, whatever she was wearing that day. But I would remember I was still in my school uniform because it was right after school. Oh, my God. And it's funny because, yes, she is known to be anybody who reads, reads your books or listen, has listened to her. She's a shitty. She was a shitty driver. Yeah, That's the terrible driver. Terrible. So that made it even worse. You know, I'm like, really? You're telling me I need to go to traffic school? And then she was so mad at my dad. Oh, my God. And my dad's like, sorry, threw you under the bus. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, she Whoops. saw the cal- She somehow saw the calendar. <laughs> Dude. And then did she get over it? Did she oh, get yeah. over that you kind of lied to her? By the way, did? I drove us back and forth to traffic, to, to traffic court. So there you go. But yeah, I was I was grounded for lying. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm like, I didn't lie. I just didn't tell you. She goes, that's a lie of omission. Um, I mean. So I was grounded for, for, for lying and then traffic school. And my dad was just like, every man for himself at this point. Kid. <laughs> He's like, I'm afraid of her too, dude. What I'm can I tell you? Uh, he probably was, got worse, in more trouble than me. I got also in trouble for putting him in that situation. Got it. Well, this was a time that she rightfully got mad at you. But is there a time when you got angry at her for for her driving, for her crappy behavior? Oh, my God. So, again, we really have a lot of lying involved, it, having to do with driving in our family. Um, yeah, my mom was always the one was like, I don't know how that scratch got in the car. Or she was like, my car would come home with like a door ding. And she's like, I don't know how it happened. I'm like, well, did you park somewhere? No. Well, mom, someone opened the door and like, no. You know, it was a lot of that. She she went into full denial and almost would like dare you to call her out. So that would be my job. So okay. um, we had dinner one night and she wasn't staying with me. She was staying in, I don't even know where she was staying. But there was a reason she wasn't staying with me. Not, it wasn't like any major reason, but we had dinner together with mm-hmm. a, my Cooper and some other people. Mm-hmm. near my house and mm-hmm. we had a bottle of wine and it didn't get finished. So my mother took it with her and put the cork in it and put it in the car and strapped it in with the seatbelt and drove off. I think she was going to the Bel Air hotel. So anyone who's in LA knows that there's an intersection at San Vicente and Wilshire uh, on the West side, which in is Brentwood. like in Brentwood. Or, That's yeah, this yeah. nightmare. Yep. And like the, there's three lanes that can turn left or one, two and a half. And then the one goes straight and then the other one goes to the right. 
Yeah, I know what you're so talking about. So my yes. mother made the left turn from one of the lanes you were not allowed to make the left turn from. She wasn't thinking. She just saw the arrows pointing that direction. So I guess she got pulled over. Uh-huh. And they, they they had to have, like, cops come out. And they had to have a woman cop come out. And they ran her on, like, a breathalyzer and all these, you know, DUI tests. And they said, you can't have an open container in the car. She's like, it's not open. There's a cork in it. And, like, literally, like, went back and forth and back. So I don't know any of this happened. Okay. Doesn't call me. Doesn't tell me anything. So the next morning I get up and I put on the local news and I'm drinking my coffee. It's maybe 7 15 in the morning and all of a sudden comes the promo Joan Rivers arrested so I call my mom and at first she has an answer because she was sleeping and Uh I'm like what the fuck she's like oh yeah it was all good it was fine they explained to me what she's like yeah I made a bad turn and I'm like mom you have to call me because I'm finding stuff out from the news like you were like, like, you can't strap a wine bottle in like Cooper. It doesn't right. work that way. Exactly. You can't do that. And, you know, I'm like, you're that bad of a driver that sober, they thought you were driving drunk. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you call me? And she's like, well, it was fine. You didn't need to know. I'm like, was that her MO for you if she screwed up is you don't oh, need to know? Totally. Hiding. 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 Very, I would get messages like, let me just start by saying everything's fine. And oh, I no. knew that was not going to be a good situation that followed. You know, she had, we were banned from Costa Rica because of her. How? <clears throat> because we were vacationing in Costa Rica. <laughs> I love Costa Rica, by the way. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. And um, I don't think we we're actually banned. I think we just weren't encouraged to return. <laughs> and... We were all at the airport together, but everybody was departing on different flights. And for whatever uh-huh. reason, my mom's flight was the last flight. Yeah. And her passport had, it said Joan Rivers. Then there, you could have AKA on different pages. So it had listed like Joan Rosenberg, Joan Rivers Rosenberg, whatever it was. Right. So however her ticket was issued uh-huh. didn't match the first name. It matched one of the AKAs. So we got through okay. security. We got through checking in. We checked the luggage, everything. And I was going back to LA and she was going back to New York. And my flight left 15 minutes before hers, uh-huh. 20 minutes before hers. So yeah. we're boarding. We get on the plane. I guess after we all left, my they wouldn't let my mother on her plane because whoever was working the gate, said it didn't, her ticket and her didn't match her passport, which it did. But, but don't they, they also recognize her, like, too? Isn't I don't know. So anyway, it became this huge incident. And my mom's like, forget this, and started walking and got on the plane. And it was like, as she was asking people, don't you know who I am? Isn't this me? Like, the whole thing. And they actually had to escort her off the plane. So I land to change planes in Dallas, and I get a call from my mom going, just so you know, before you hear it, oh my God. everything's fine. I'm still in Costa Rica. Melissa. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've got to start finding out stuff from the news. How did she get home? She had to go to a different airport. She got on a different flight from a different airport and had to have a car take her like four hours to fly out of a different airport. I thought there was only like that one major. Papagayo. Not- no, there was another yes. one. <laughs> It was at the airport in Papagayo. (laughs) And it was like, you know, it basically was an international incident and it was bad. 
Dude, did she ever return to Costa Rica? No. No. No, I don't think oh. she was welcome. Melissa, <laughs> did you, do you feel like, and I don't know if this is as she got older or maybe just as you got older, that you were in the mom role? I was always um, in the, pa- I was definitely the parent for many, many years. The second that she could hand that job over to me, she did. Do you remember when that was? I do remember at one point, I think it was right at the end of college, me thinking, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to take the lead on this. I can't remember what it was, but it was thing where I'm like, yeah, okay, I got to take the lead on this one. Because I'm the... Because I'm the rational adult. (sighs) And how she's organizing something is not making sense. And then she would look at me and then she would look at me and go, you're really smart. I'm like, thank you. You know, it's like no matter who our mothers are, this mother-daughter relationship is a freaking slog. You know, the thing about my relationship with my mother, and that's why I think people really responded to it, was it was very normal. It was real. It was very real. It's everything that kids, specifically daughters, go through with their mothers. Aren't there times where you look at your mother and you go, seriously, I can't do this? Every single day. But you love them regardless. You know, I'm very, I'm very loving. You know, I really do try and accept my friends and my relatives for who they are and not put unrealistic expectations that they will not meet on the relationship. Alan on 101, baby. Yeah, there you go. When your mom passed Mm -hmm. in 2014, Mm -hmm. this is kind of morbid and I hope it doesn't get too morbid, but I'm curious. Did you have an idea of how this would play out your whole life? Like once my mother dies? No. You didn't. You didn't live with that fear. I mean, well, again, I live in constant fear of, you know, that my salad isn't going to come right today. Um, You know, so there's different levels of fear that I live with. Um, Well, I was always fearful, but no, I never really envisioned how it was going to happen. I have to say in hindsight, Hmm. you know, my mother always said she doesn't want to suffer. She wants to go quick. And if she could have it her way, she'd drop dead on stage. What a gorgeous way to die. Yeah. So she did perform the night before. Uh um, And obviously it was terribly unexpected. And the frustration for me was everything was fine, but her brain. And that was the hardest part. So I think for me, obviously the suddenness is what was so, I mean, it was all horrifying, but it was the second time in my life I had gone to bed with a living parent and woken up the next morning without. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very hard. As my as my therapist always said, for it to happen once is unusual, for it to happen twice is unheard of. Mm-hmm. So that was a hard part. But in hindsight, mm-hmm. she didn't suffer. Yep. Yep. And she performed the night before. But that's the kind of solace that you find down the road. Yeah, not in the moment. Not in the moment. Is there a moment together that you still think about something maybe you laugh at or oh god so many tell me there's just different moments and and where either they were just outrageous and crazy or warm and small and um yeah you know and most of those I'll keep to myself yeah is there a good piece of is there a piece of advice that you think about well it was my parents all the time and we were all big history buffs and, and 
you know, Winston Churchill was sort of one of our favorites. And he had so many wonderful quotes. And he had a quote that said, when you find yourself in hell, keep walking, which is the truth beyond the truth. And my parents would also say, this too shall pass. And in bad times, it means keep your chin up, you'll be fine. And in good times, it, it means appreciate. Appreciate the gates. Appreciate the gates. Know this will pass. And people are like, oh, that's so negative with good. And I'm like, Mm-mm. no, it's about stopping in the moment and appreciating that you're having the moment. The big one is when you find yourself in hell, keep walking. Amen. Yeah. Melissa, you are uh, a joy. Oh, thank you. And, um, tell my son that. <laughs> I'll tell your I'll tell your I'll tell I'll I'll send Cooper a DM. I'll be like, dude, Please, your mom is great. Your mom is awesome. <laughs> your mom's great. Just be consistent. Stop well, being a jerk. The funniest is I literally flash <laughs> on these moments and go, "Oh my god, I can't believe that I did these exact same things and I'm now understanding it from the other side." Right, like, don't you feel bad now that like oh you my were god, a jerk? there's things I did that were. I look back now and I was like, Ugh, what was the big deal? And I'm like, oh my god, I was horrible. I know. And do you believe in karma? Energetically, yes. And there's a. I saw a a, a something like a not a meme, but like something like that at one point that said, "My child is just like me." Well played, Karma. Well played. <laughs> I mean, I, I really believe we're we are turning into our moms a hundred percent. We all do. We all I do. Mean, is there a way that you're like, oh shit, I just did that, or like I just said that? Oh, all the time. All Especially the time. Be, being probably stricter than most of his friends' parents. I got a lot of well, so and so gets to do that. Well, good for so and so. If you don't like how I do it, go live with so. You know what I mean? It was a lot like I would hear the same things coming out of my mouth. And then I'd have to go upstairs and lay down and put like pads on my eyes. <laughs> well, we end every show by our guests saying what they love most about their mom. Would you like to share something? Oh, God, what do I love? Mo- what do I love most about my mom? Her warmth and her humor. Those are good things. Those are good things. Those are beautiful qualities. They take you through a lot of hell. Oh, yes, they do. If it's not one thing, it's, it's your, your mother. mother. Folks, thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star review. Leave us an awesome rating. And of course, follow me on the socials at Don't Tell My Mother and at Nikki Levy on Instagram. We post fun stuff, behind-the-scenes photos. We're going to post even more of it. We love you. We love you. We love you. Our moms know how to push our buttons because they're the ones who installed them. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman Weiner at Discount Sushi. Our producer is Liza Glukoff. Co-producer, Andrew Condon. Mixed and edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. Just don't, just don't, just don't, just don't. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.